Welcome to the Balanced Self Podcast, where we explore different aspects of the life balance we are in search of, both personally and professionally. This is your host, Barbara Pitch, and we are glad to welcome Senior Talent Development and Leadership Consultant and Arthur Kevin Fussiller. In this quarter, we will focus on attracting and retaining talent. Some of the topics that we will address are how learning and development can attract and retain talent, what makes a good workplace that can attract, retain, and motivate talent, and how to help employees access resources in the community. We hope this quarter will offer some insights on attracting and retaining the top talent in your organization and identify the important skills and values for your company. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first episode of our first quarter of 2023. In today's episode, we will be talking about attracting and retaining talent with a focus on ownership. And I'm very excited to welcome Executive Senior Talent Development and Leadership Consultant and Arthur Kevin. Kevin. Hello, how are you? I am good, how are you? I am doing, doing well today. I'm glad to hear that. I am so happy I finally get a chance to meet you. We've talked. I've heard so much about you and so many wonderful things that your your colleagues have said about you at MSB Coach. We've talked about you as well, and I know that you've worked with some of our coaches here, so we're excited to have you join us today. So we're just going to give you some time to tell everybody who you are and what you do. Sure. Kevin Fusilier, I would say I am a teacher in all situations. At least that's what my wife says. I call myself a learning leader because I often almost always find myself in a position to be able to facilitate some type of learning, whether that's um, at the front instructing or lecturing, or if I'm facilitating dialogue or coaching with someone, that's kind of the space that I find myself in. I work at a major financial services organization in Oklahoma and I'm an organizational development consultant there. I'm also part of a collaboration called Coaches 3, where we've written a book and we have a podcast, and then I have my own company called Catalyst Consulting Group. And what I do is a lot of coaching and mostly helping people with professional, personal career development, uh, just personal development type things um, in that aspect. And so I'm a person that's always looking for opportunities to learn and grow and get better myself and then support others in their journey to uh, grow and develop. And, you know, we're all trying to achieve some type of dream. Well, that is a lot on your plate. And uh, so I'm very thankful with all that going on that you were able to join us. And yes, we've heard quite a bit about the Coaches 3. So I know you guys just wrote a book here not long ago. And so we, at the end of our podcast, we've talked to the other two authors. They've had, we've had them on previous podcasts, but we, we you know, we always want to hear you're the, you're the final person that brought this all together. So we want to hear from you. So we look forward to you telling Absolutely. us about your new book. <laughs> so if you're ready, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's get started. All right. So in today's episode, we, as I said earlier, we're going to talk about attracting and retaining talent with a focus on ownership. Research has shown that organizations go to great lengths to attract highly skilled workers and by giving talent attraction and retention a strategic 
business focus, it will give your organization the potential to grow, right? So right. along with that strategic plan comes ownership, which is vital to leadership in that it creates um, a strong and healthy workplace that appeals to top talent. So Kevin, your experience and your opinion is it important to attract and to retain talent? When I think about attracting talent to your organization and then retaining that talent, for me, it's about getting the right people into your organization and getting them in the right place, supporting them so they can be successful, and then retaining them because of organizational, institutional knowledge and wisdom that people develop over time. Uh, when you can retain that talent over long periods of time, you start to gain some efficiencies by having lots of good experience for people to work from in your organization. And when you, so many times when you lose a talent from your team, they take something with them. You know, the team is never really the same. It's a, it'll be a different team. And that organizational knowledge and wisdom that walks out of the door many times to me is one of the key reasons organizations want to retain their talent. Also for efficiency, when you uh, bring in new people, I've been in leadership many times, and what happens when you get a new person on your team, you often take your best, highest performer, and you put that person in a role of trainer, and so you start to lose a little bit of efficiency on your team, and so retaining talent helps your teams run more efficiently, efficiently which, you know, that leads to keeping your costs down, because it's also expensive to try to acquire talent, that whole talent acquisition process can be very expensive. And then for the long term, it's engagement. I mean, as you retain people when they're engaged in the organization, you know, they encourage others to stay engaged and you you start to just get that synergy from people being there uh, with the collective experience they have in, in the organization. You you brought up a good point. You brought up, Actually, you brought up a lot of really good points. What we don't think about a lot of times is the cost that it it costs organizations when top talent leaves the organization. And I feel that especially in like in our post-pandemic workplace, organizations have more access to top talent. You know, thinking about it from that perspective globally, like you can you don't have to be in the area in order to be able to work for a company anymore. You can be thousands of miles away and you can still attract that top talent. And actually, I mean, just from my experience, I almost feel like it's a, it's a better pool because you're not just limiting yourself to a certain demographic area. So especially now that people are working more remotely. And so we're excited about having to have that sort of energy around being able to support all of that and being able to, to pick from what you want to do. So this also, in my opinion, allows leaders to maintain a competitive edge with, you know, within the industries. And it also, as you were talking about, it reduced costs associated with replacing employees, which has skyrocketed over the last like several years. I was reading an article, um, it's called the Work Institute Retention Report, and this was back in 2019, and there was a study that said that the average cost to replace a U.S. worker is $15,000. Wow, that's a lot. And that's Lord crazy, now. right? Mm -hmm. Fifteen, And that was in 2019. So imagine what that cost is like compared to today's standards. Like it's going to cost more to replace that. So the cost alone would just be a good reason to take the time to really seek out 
you know, good talent. And not only that, it promotes a healthy work culture and right, it also exactly. identifies what type of talent you want to, want to attract. So yeah, why would we not want to keep those good folks? <laughs> or why would we not want to take our time and actually think about who we're hiring, why we're hiring and providing those resources and making the, you know, and even making the, it attractive for people to come and join your organization, you know, because who wants to work with a place, you you know, and I don't want name companies, but who wants to work at a place that you're constantly being overworked and you're underpaid or you're, you're overpaid, but you're working yourself to death and there's really no incentive other than to go to work and come home. Yeah, I often think about employ employers have to understand that they have a brand reputation in the workplace mm-hmm. marketplace. Like employees, the way they speak about their current organization, and then once they leave, the way they speak about the organization they just left, that leaves that there is a brand, there is an active conversation with people who are seeking about the culture of the organization. And if you have a culture that is good at retaining employees, that will get out there into the workplace. So this is a good place to work. We have a lot of retention efforts. You know, we have high retention versus a company that has a lot of turnover and a lot of, you know, uh, people exiting that gets out there also. So to me, it's um, managing your brand in the, in the marketplace Mm -hmm. for employees, because People talk. I mean, people talk mm-hmm. when they when they stay in, when they leave about the culture in their organization yeah. around engagement and retention. Yeah, I agree with that 100 percent. I know I've worked in my career. I've worked for some really good organizations and I've worked for some pretty interesting organizations where I was happy to leave because I was either burnt out or I didn't feel appreciated or I wasn't being empowered. And I feel like in the last 20 years that organizations have really taken it serious when they have good employees, they want to invest in them. It shows good work. It's the good work gets out, you know? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. There are even websites that encourage people to share their experience at their employers or past employers. So there's... (laughs) there's, you know, even another level of incentive for organizations to, you know, I'll just think about nurturing and caring for your talent. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. part of, um, I have this crazy philosophy that I've developed over, you know, my career in, in corporate America is if you don't spoil your customers, someone else will, they'll find out <laughs> what they need. And if you don't take care of your employees, someone else, someone else will. So you have to always understand that you're at risk of losing any customer or any employee if they're not cared for properly. So, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. kind of, it's kind of the, <laughs> the, the business end of uh, employment. I agree with that. That should be a t-shirt actually. I, you know, <laughs> so those are good words to live by. I have my next question for you is how can ownership help attract Um, and maintain and retain talent? You know, organizations that give employees or their workforce an opportunity to be um, part owners in the the company uh, in some way, or even owning their own work, I think it gives people a sense of purpose, you know, a mutual purpose. Organizations that have a lot of ownership or they actually have a structure of ownership, the people, when they come there, to the workplace, they have ownership in what they do because 
their actions are directly related to the outcomes that they will get collectively as a group. Uh, I was thinking about when I was um, when I was a teenager and I was working at a fast food restaurant. It didn't matter how well or how poorly I did my job. I was going to get my minimum wage pay for flipping my burgers and making the French fries. You know, it didn't matter whether I did that well or poorly or if I did a lot or little. Every week I work a certain number of hours and I get a certain pay. So the ownership that I had when I would go there was very low because it was just more transactional. But I can think about organizations and some of the companies I work for that you have more a sense of ownership. You can own your work, your work products. You, you, uh, you invest more in that because the people that you work with collectively, you own the outcomes and you know, people being tied directly to an organizational outcome helps them stay engaged. And I was thinking about even in organizations with a lot of ownership, it's the relationships and the commitment that you build among your peers. And I think about some of the companies that I've worked for, I stayed because of my team and the work that we were doing. And it really wasn't, I was more committed to my team and our work than I was to the organization. And that to me uh, goes into, you know, having ownership of what you're doing. But I know I've you know, read an article where they were talking about people who really had ownership, like they own parts of the company. And I've worked in a, a partnership. I work at a partnership. I was not a partner, but it was a partnership organization. What you do matters because the, the way you put your work out there, the way you are committed to what you're doing will directly impact the compensation for the partners and then the partners in turn, based on the profitability of the company, will in turn share some of the profits with the uh, with the employees. So it's it's a complete. You know, you kind of go into that with a different mindset. That you know what I do really does matter, and I think that's so important now. Is that people want to do work that matters, uh, whether that's from a social component, work that matters from a financial component to do work where they can also share in the profits. And, you know, from, um, from just understanding that what I do is not transactional. I want the work that I do is transformational for, for people. That's a powerful statement you just said. Transactional, transformational, two different things. And I feel like today's leaders are leading in that transformational, even the, the yesteryears of fast food work when, you know, when we were teenagers or even like summer jobs when you were in college, absolutely transactional. But even those jobs and those organizations are now getting on board with those bigger organizations and, and they're providing more ownership in the culture and how they're treating employees, what they're providing for employees. And, you know, profit sharing was a thing a long time ago. You could you could you could buy into the company. Some companies still offer those things. They offer incentives. I know there are a few companies that still do that now, but and they're very unique in that they do that now. But it's amazing and it's good, it's good to watch that all these cultures are finally getting on board with each other. And pretty much, you know, the yesteryears of the dinosaur company where it was transactional is pretty much gone now. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, and you know, and 
I'm happy to see that because it makes everyone invest in that uh, relationship, that employment, you know, that uh, contract between workers and their organization, it, that transformational love is a, is a much healthier place to be for everyone. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to retiring at some point in my life, but I'm glad that in my 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 later years that I've had the opportunity to work in those transformational environments and watch the leadership grow and watch leadership really empower uh, their employees. You know, I think one of the most important things about ownership is building trust. When you build trust, then you increase your sense of self-worth. And then with that foundation, I think employees feel that organizations are serious about investing in them and, and, and developing their um, their skills and their culture. So I'm looking forward to the, to the companies to, of the future that will continue to grow and will continue to offer these things and empower our employees. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That'll be another podcast where we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll have to have you back to talk more about that. But I have one last question. Um, so what are you learning, have learned, or currently practicing about keeping balance in your life? To get balance in my life, what I am doing is practicing incremental change. And that is my work for 2023 is incremental so what I'm trying to do, instead of making these broad, big, sweeping, dramatic changes that I only sustain for seven, eight, nine, ten days, I'm trying to make smaller changes that hopefully over time, these changes will stick a little bit better. And that can be in any aspect of my life. If it's just going to bed five minutes earlier, if it's just staying off social media for a certain period of time, if it's watching my what I eat and being more disciplined about that and you know things like exercising instead of just not exercising I'll say I will exercise for 10 or 15 minutes and I'm trying to make some small incremental changes in my life if I'm writing I'm working on a devotional right now and it's like even if I just do 10 or 15 minutes of writing every day it's better than skipping days of writing so what I'm trying to do is just make small incremental changes that hopefully will have long lasting impacts because I know as a coach, you can't do everything at once. You have to be focused. And so this incremental change is hopefully bringing focus and balance uh, into my life. We are all guilty, especially this time of the year, we're all guilty of, oh, we're going to resolve to do X, Y, and Z. We're going to lose weight. We're going to be more focused. But I think your word is the word that we should live by. Take your time. Be intentional. Do these things in increments. You know, you can't, you can't, what is it the saying that you can't eat the whole elephant? Just you eat the elephant one bite at a time, right? So I think that's a fabulous way to, to look at life and how to keep balance because who wants to do that? We want to have fun. We want to have work-life balance. So I think I will take a page out of your book. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> well, I completely appreciate you for coming today. And of course, we want to hear about your book. As I've said earlier, we have had the two co-authors on our previous podcast, and they're also a, a part of our MSB coach family. So hey, you're 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 the guy that we've been wanting to to <laughs> talk to, right? So tell us a little bit about your book and where we can get it. <laughs> our book is called The Word 
on coaching and what it is. It's a book to support leaders or anyone who is looking to use a coaching approach in their leadership or in their life if they, as they're having conversations with anyone that they have influence with. And what it is, it's a it's more of almost like a reference book, but that you don't have to read it from cover to cover. It's topical, it's arranged topical, and there's a little inside joke in there about who wanted to do it alphabetically. So it's topical, alphabetically, and I am the person who wanted to do it alphabetically uh, because we want people to be able to keep it on their desk, pull it out, dog ear it, tag it, underline it so they can pull it out and use it as a tool, as a resource when they're having conversations with people or if there's something that they know they wanna focus on from a leadership or a coaching or influence standpoint that they can go to, to our book, The Word on Coaching and find a chapter, read it and apply it. There's questions at the end to help you reflect and think. Our book is available on Amazon <laughs> and we encourage you to buy the book and leave us an honest review. And uh, we always say buy a copy for yourself and buy one for a friend. <laughs> I have not had the pleasure of reading this book yet. I've heard so many wonderful things about it. So thank you for sharing that. And I will be sure to tell the other two co-authors that we have had you on here to give us some insight on that. It doesn't surprise me that you did this alphabetically because I know the other two co-authors <laughs> quite well. And so I'm very excited and I was so happy to hear about the book. So yes, we will be checking that book out. And we thank you again for coming on our podcast and for sharing your insights and your experiences with us today. And we hope you will consider coming back as a guest for future episodes. So we look forward to that. And so I wanted to let our listeners know, as always, we appreciate you for listening and for supporting the Balanced Self podcast. And we hope you will join us next month where we will discuss attracting uh, and retaining talent with a focus on engagement. So until next time, we'll see you all soon. And thank you again, Kevin. Thank you. for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Balanced Self. If you are looking for ways to lower turnover and boost retention, check out our workshop on leading with an ownership mindset at www.msbcoach.com. If you are looking for ways to encourage team growth, empower your current team, and set the tone for a positive work culture, Please take a look at the Emergenetics Workshop that is customized based on behavioral and thinking preferences. Let us know if you are interested in learning how you and your team can complete the Emergenetics Assessment. You can email us at info at msbcoach.com or go to our website for more information. If you would like to hear this episode of Balanced Self and previous episodes, you can go to the Apple Podcasts or Spotify or you can go to our website at www.msbcoach.com under the resource tab. Bye now.